how are churches shaping the faith of their young people? Rick Osmer recently retired from his position as the Ralph B. and Helen S. Ashenfelter Professor of Mission and Evangelism at Princeton Theological Seminary. He is the co-director of the Confirmation Project, a team of scholars studying confirmation practices in five major North American Protestant denominations. In this interview, Rick discusses the findings of their research, which were recently released in a book entitled Cultivating Teen Faith, Insights from the Confirmation Project. You're listening to The Distillery at Princeton Theological Seminary. Well, Rick, I'm glad you could um, be with us today. Thank you for for joining us. I know you're here for the Confirmation Conference, and we're really glad to be able to interview you today. Thank you for being here. The book you've edited, uh, called Cultivating Teen Faith, uh, shares the findings of the Confirmation Project, and it's a research project that you co-directed with uh, Katie Douglas. Can you give us a brief overview of the Confirmation Project? Gladly. Well, it's my pleasure to be with you uh, today, Dale, and thanks for asking me to uh, sit down and talk to you a little bit about the project. The project focuses on finding out about what's going on in confirmation in five denominations, the African Methodist Episcopal Church, the PCUSA, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, the uh, United Methodist Church, and the Episcopal Church. And, of course, what all these uh, churches have in common is they practice infant baptism for the most part, and most of them also have uh, confirmation that comes as a way of uh, following up on what takes place uh, during baptism. There really hasn't been any major study of confirmation in most of these denominations individually, but there's never been a study that compares the five to one another. So we did, um, with the help of an outside research group, we did a, sur- um, a survey, and then we went and visited 24 sites and kind of got an insider's look at what actually is going on in confirmation. And in the site visits, we're particularly interested in looking at this from the point of view of race and ethnicity, experimental, where it's stuff that's new and different, and then also sites that were known to be doing really good confirmation. And we just wanted to find out what's going on. And then um, we wanted to come back to that and try to have some things to say to the church about uh, what they might want to think about when they're mm-hmm. designing confirmation in their own uh, congregations. Yeah. What were some of the key findings of the project about confirmation? There, there are a lot of things that we found out, but some of the things that I would um, want to highlight is that most confirmation programs in these five denominations Uh, are offered or start when um, young people are somewhere between the age of 11 and 13. Mm -hmm. And so it is kind of the end of childhood, childhood's over, and it's the beginning of adolescence. And that seems to be the most common pattern. I mean, very large percentage. And the other thing, and this was actually a little bit surprising to me, that the young people who are involved in confirmation are people who've been highly involved in their churches. And uh, what that means is that they um, grew up going to Sunday school, they participated in vacation Bible school, and did a whole bunch of different things uh, as children. 
And so you, you compare it to Chris Smith's National Study of Youth and Religion, for example, we have like, I think it's around 59% of folks involved in confirmation are in the highest category, highly, highly uh, involved young people. And so what it shows is that confirmation seems to be reaching most folks who are already actively involved as a church in the church mm-hmm. and then another finding that went along with that is that the single most important influence on young people are their family and that's not surprising everybody says it but if confirmands are in a family situation where one or both parents or even a sibling are committed um to Christianity, then that shapes their faith in really important mm-hmm. ways. So that's kind of gives you a little bit of kind of who's involved in confirmation. And if you'd like, I can tell you a little bit about some of the other things we discovered in re- in relation to it. Yeah, yeah, please do. That'd be okay. Great. Well, one one of the things that we find uh, found out uh, is that um, you know we did research on parents and youth and confirmation leaders. So we had all three groups and we could compare kind of the expectations they had going in and what they felt like they got out of it at Mm -hmm. the other end. And we also were really lucky to have um, a parallel study that's been done in Europe. And they kind of were part of the reason we decided we'd like to do something in the United States. And their situation's very different than ours. They're more secularized. Confirmation has um, a lot of cultural support. It's almost like a rite of passage in many of the uh, European countries. Mm-hmm. So even if your family's not involved in church, you want to get confirmed. And so they have a, a large number of people involved in confirmation who really don't have much prior involvement with the church. So they're the their context is really so different and the people they're dealing with so different. Ours Mm -hmm. is kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum. And so we found that our young people wanted to be involved in confirmation because they wanted their faith to be strengthened. And that's what their parents said. And that's what their, uh, the leaders of confirmation and what they mean by strengthened is not just think the same way they did as children and remain highly involved along with their families. But I think universally, parents, young people, confirmands and leaders alike highlighted that confirmands ought to be able to have their questions about the faith put center stage in confirmation. So it's an opportunity to really, for young people to really ask what they're thinking about and not to be given stock answers on that. But, mm-hmm. you know, so to, to have their faith strengthened means to grow in their faith, to question, doubt, uh, explore in new ways, make new commitments. Um, you know, some of us in the Confirmation Project talk about this as um, helping uh, young people encounter the gospel anew. Um, Mm -hmm. So if the gospel is God's salvation, the good news of God's salvation of the world in Jesus Christ, then we kind of believe, all right, they grew up in the church, they were baptized as infants, they've been involved with their families, but now it's kind of their turn to begin to say, is this something that I really want to own for myself? And they're not going to do that for the last time. We all know that throughout adolescence, as they move to young adulthood, Um, They're going to have to encounter the gospel again. But for this point in their life, 
confirmation is an opportunity for them to grow in their faith and to have their faith strengthened by encountering the gospel anew. And that was kind of um, one of the central findings to emerge. Parents felt that was the case. Young people felt that was the case. And leaders, they all agreed on that. Mm-hmm. You found out some interesting things about the practice of confirmation camp. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, it was, um, I mean, how do you encounter the gospel anew? Well, one of the ways that you do that is by study. Uh, and um, we looked at the teaching methods that young, that confirmation leaders are using. And if mm-hmm. confirmation used to be study of the catechism, and it was kind of memorization and direct um, discussion, then what we're finding today is that pedagogy has shifted to um, much more participatory and interactive. So they've gotten the message. But to get to your question about camps, another way that we discovered that uh, young people encounter the gospel is through experiences of authentic Christian community. And so one of the places where that was done best was in confirmation camps. Hmm. And Lutherans, much more so than any of the other denominations, take advantage of confirmation uh, camps. So you're involved, um, you go to a a camp with other groups who are in confirmation, usually lasts between five to 12 days. There's experiential learning big time Mm -hmm. as part of that. If you're having a problem with somebody, you can't just run away from it because you got to deal with it. And mm-hmm. so there's this deep experience of a Christian community, and you're kind of reflecting on what you're learning, and you have lots of opportunities to, to worship together, to learn how to um, get on a zip line together and do all kinds of different things. Um, yeah. And so what we found is that uh, among all the factors that influence young people during confirmation, confirmation camp as an expression of authentic Christian community uh, had an amazingly formative impact on young people's faith. It's not the only way that took place. I mean, uh, also many uh, denominations use retreats. Mm -hmm. Retreats aren't as potent as confirmation camps are shorter, but they're still a powerful way that community is uh, formed. A lot of um, uh, confirmation programs have volunteering as part of it. You have to do service in uh, the church or in your community, or they go on mission trips together. So there are a whole variety of ways that people can be together uh, and experience Christian community. That's really a very powerful way to invite people to um experience the gospel in new ways as mm-hmm. they begin to enter into adolescence. Mm-hmm. Another common practice, I think, within confirmation is the use of mentors. Did yeah. you find anything about mentoring as we well? We found a lot about mentoring, and a pretty good percentage of churches offer um, mentoring to their young people. And again, along with summer camps, mentoring was one of those things you'd really want to lift up as having a big impact mm-hmm. on uh, the faith formation of people during confirmation. And the longer people went to camp, the longer they were mentored, uh, the more their faith changed yeah. during confirmation. Yeah. And that, you know, by the way, I'll just point out in passing, that's surprising because when you've got such a, a, a group of kids who were raised in the church, they're 
families are involved in the church. I mean, you don't expect that confirmation is going to have a big impact because they've been shaped, you know, by the church. And those who um, had really good mentoring relationships, we learned, um, really were uh, impacted. And we learned that young people um, got a lot out of it. And churches did it in a whole variety of different ways. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, give you some examples in a second. But we also found out that the mentors really got a lot out of it. And I think for those of you who are trying to recruit mentors, you know, um, you really should remind them that that you you receive as you give. Uh, And those who lose their life for my sake, you know, gain it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's really the way it it works. I mean, I think that's true of generosity in general, but it's true that people who are willing to invest themselves in mentoring come away um, really uh, refreshed, renewed, proud, uh, invigorated. Those who uh, have um, children themselves learn some things about um, young people that mm-hmm. they probably didn't know before they went into the mentoring relationship. So yeah. uh, it's really mutual formation taking place through mentoring. Some churches did it. Um, they used to flip classroom. Uh, there. You know, this was thinking of a suburban neighborhood, for example, uh, in, um, in Michigan. Everybody, the kids... Young people, I should say, are extremely busy. Yeah. And it was just hard to get folks um, to get together on a regular basis for confirmation, no, how, no matter how they tried to tailor it. So they put the, um, the teaching lessons were video recorded and put online. Hmm. And the mentor and the mentee would get together, they'd watch it together, and then they would... They had questions to talk about it together. It was extremely effective. That's an interesting way to do it's it. It's an That's interesting great. way. And it, it tailors kind of to the reality of uh, many young people's busyness. Now, they would have retreats and have mm-hmm. um, other gatherings where they got together as a group because the peer formation is really key. But um, that's just an example. Another example, uh, give you one other example. I know in some uh, Episcopal churches, they actually use something closer to a, a spiritual direction approach where it's not one person being directed and the other, but it's like um, the kind of um, faith formation and takes place among spiritual friends. Okay. And so even though you have adults and young people, there's a opportunity to, for the adult to share their own faith journey, and that gives uh, the young person the opportunity to share their journey and where mm-hmm. they are and to overhear each other talk. A lot of trust is built up um, through that. And I will say one other thing. I, I, I'm through the European um, project, we've learned they have a lot of people who are recent graduates from confirmation come back who really want to volunteer in the Hmm. program, either at camp or back in their congregations. And they enter into informal mentoring relationships because they just been where these young people are themselves. So they're, I mean, young, they look up, they look up to them and very effective. And that, so that those are just some examples of the kind of mentoring that we found out about in the confirmation project. Yeah. There anything else? Any details of the project that stand out for you? Anything that surprised you, or maybe maybe you weren't surprised, or maybe something that 
sort of affirmed hunches or any stories that you would want to make sure people heard that you learned in the process of the project? I think one of the the big learnings, and I guess this was kind of a surprise, is something that kind of moves in two directions simultaneously. On the one hand, we did learn that denominations do impact the way confirmation is done. Hmm. Okay, so you look at United Methodists, you can see some commonalities. They tend to focus more on this is an opportunity for young people to make a decision to own their ba- the mm-hmm. baptism to which they, the baptismal covenant in which to they entered, and um, they're very highly relational in their programs. And uh, the African Methodist Episcopal Church really strongly emphasizes the community, and when they think of community, they think of not only um, the church community, but the African-American community uh-huh. in which their church is located, and uh-huh. they're training people for leadership, uh, not only for, again, the church, but, and and yeah, for whatever reason, uh, Presbyterians really like to um, write statements of faith, they more do. so than any other denomination. They do. Yeah, and... The Lutherans invest more in confirmation, I think, than any of the other denominations in the sense that it's really one of the primary ways faith formation takes place uh, during adolescence. Their programs mostly last two years. They often include a you know, whole variety of things like going to mm-hmm. camp and mm-hmm. volunteering outside and uh, so on and so forth. And the Episcopal Church is really liturgical formation is a big part of what they do. And compared to a Presbyterian church, it's not as much emphasis on cognitive learning or like you'd find in the ELCA, mm-hmm. but the Episcopal church learns stuff, but in much more in, in a kind of um, situated, while serving, while doing, while it's kind of what you would call situated learning. So you did see denominational variation there. But at the same time, and this moves in the other direction. We also found out that um, really good confirmation programs are custom designed and contextually adapted. Mm-hmm. And I think we would want to emphasize more than anything else that uh, there is no magic bullet, no magic curriculum. Yeah. There's no one way that you can imitate uh, but we found really fantastic programs in um, all, all the different denominations that looked very, very different from one another. Some cases they were very short, uh, and that's because they had such a, a robust um, youth ministry program. The confirmation did one little okay. thing as a part of that. But there were all kinds of other great things. And then we found others for whom confirmation like among some of the ELCA churches, was really a huge part yeah. of what went on of adolescence um, in the church. So, you know, denominational patterns, yeah, but these things are custom designed. Um, and uh, I would add to the second of these, one last thing that we found that um, it's really the passion and creativity of leaders leaders who are invested in their confirmation program who worked hard to really make it fit these young people in this setting, you know, that made all the difference. Yeah. Why should churches pay attention to the, to this, to this research? I think they should pay attention 
if they want to do two things. First of all, if they want to um, rethink their confirmation program or at least reflect on even if they're doing a good job, what we found was um, even churches that were doing something innovative 10 years ago had seemed kind of like old. Mm-hmm. And because young people are changing so much and our context is changing so much, the way they're learning, that you really have to revisit it. So this gives them a snapshot of what's going on and gives them lots of good examples of different ways mm-hmm. of, um, of thinking about confirmation. But I'd also have to say that even if you're not in charge of confirmation, we learned about um, faith formation by looking at the church through the lens of confirmation. For example, what I said earlier about mentoring, we've learned that really good faith formation is always mutual. Yeah. It's not adults shaping children, for example. Mm-hmm. The children are always shaping adults, and the youth are shaping uh, mentors, and uh, young people are challenging the church to, to change. Mm-hmm. So there's that's just an example of um, a larger thing that we learned about faith formation by looking at the church through the lens of yeah. confirmation. Through the lens of confirmation, yeah. What gives you, what did you find um, that gives you hope for the church? I would say one thing that um, gives me hope is we found a lot of really wonderful confirmation programs. And so, you know, confirmation, it's been forever. Mm-hmm. And you think like, oh, does this have a place in the church anymore? And I got to tell you, yes, it does. Uh, and we have seen lots and lots of different confirmation programs that are wonderfully formative and impactful on young people's lives. So I'm very, very hopeful about that. And I'd also have to say that um, I feel like uh, the project as a whole made me hopeful about the mainline. A lot of people, the, the narrative in terms of the mainline mm-hmm. is decline, 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 negative, negative, negative. And of course that's true. I mean, there are a lot of um, things to be frightened about in terms of looking at the future. But at the same time, I also saw saw a lot of, we found churches where there's a lot of creativity in, in the mainline and um, came away feeling like there is a place, an important, important place for the mainline in American culture today. You've been listening to The Distillery at Princeton Theological Seminary. Interviews are conducted by me, Dale Rounds, and by Sherry Osteen. Our producer is Nee Otto Abrams. The Distillery is part of The Thread, an online platform with resources on culture, spiritual formation, and leadership. To find out more, visit thethread.ptsem.edu. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. And while you're at it, leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Until next time, thanks for listening.